often you see these children, oh, such sweet children, et cetera, et cetera. Then they go to a party and they're like monsters after that. <laughs> Shouting, crying, hitting, right? What's happened? It's changed the gut microbiome. You get less uh, neurochemicals going through to the brain and they start acting emotionally unstable. This is the mechanism. Can it so happen that work, fast? Can it happen that fast? Or has there been a can progression? Has there been a progression of um, ruining that? Like you had on the left hand side, you had those really tight junctions, and then on the leaky gut side, they were quite separated. Like there was big gaps there. So has yeah. that been happening? That's obviously been happening for a while. So then their reaction is instant, or or if the young child doesn't have leaky gut yet, but they're but the reaction can be that fast from the food or the chemical or the food coloring. Hello and welcome to Beyond Diagnosis, a podcast to raise your awareness, decisions and voice for alternative practices so you can take back control of your health. I'm Rita Michelle, your host, a mindset and empowerment coach and the founder of the Onus Platform. Join me each week so you can create the health of your dreams. In this episode of Beyond Diagnosis, we'll be talking all about leaky gut. It isn't a well-talked-about subject, but an incredibly important one for our listeners who are suffering from irritable bowel syndrome and want to get to the root cause of their symptoms. Dr. Anthony DePontes is a qualified and registered homeopath functional medicine practitioner and acupuncturist who has been in practice for more than 27 years. He has treated many chronic illnesses, autoimmune conditions, cancer, stress and anxiety, all successfully using natural medicine with homeopathy at its core. And he believes that trauma plays an enormous role in chronic disease and has found that healing begins with the mind-body connection. Welcome to the show, Dr. DePonte. Wonderful to be here, Rita. Oh, great. It's so, so good to have you on the show because really this is such an important topic. It's such an important condition that really I feel it's not talked about. It's not one of those conditions that you hear people talking around the dinner table, is it? It's not like, oh, I've had a heart attack or I have cancer. No one's going to say, oh, I've got an irritable bowel. (laughs) So it's not so well known. Please tell us a little bit more about it. That that is correct. And I think the main reason for that is because the majority of people are coming from a conventional medicine perspective. You know, as we grow up, we like, okay, we're going to the doctor. And you, it kind of gets uh, repetitively put into your mind about, oh, I'm going to go and get my antibiotic, or I'm going to go and get my ears tested, or I'm going to go for my um, ECG or whatever you go for. And because of that now, we have this this mindset that people are used to the typical medical diagnosis. And mm. leaky gut is not a medical diagnosis and I'm going to explain to you what it is and why it's so important and hopefully after I've done this you're going to be I need to know more about it you'll see there's fundamental aspects that I think and this is a thumbs up but I think 80 to 90 percent of people today are suffering with some component of leaky gut 
And unless you heal that leaky gut, you're not going to go on to cure. So whether it be your irritable bowel, whether it be your anxiety, whether it be your depression, whether it be the pain in your abdomen, there's so many different uh, diagnoses or symptoms that would mean you've got a leaky gut. So if I can start with a bit of a, a philosophical perspective, it was Hippocrates who actually said that um, disease starts in the gut. Mm. And more recent research has shown that actually they call the gut the second brain. Yeah. The second brain, why? So the reason is because, you know, here I sit and I think, well, you know, I'm in control of my life. You know, I say what I'm going to do. And to a degree, that's correct. But what they found is that there are more um, nerve innovations from the gut to the brain as opposed to the brain to the gut which kind of says to you, your gut is telling you what to do, right? Mm. So, you know, even in our language and way of talking, we say, oh, you know, you tell me that terrible story, Rita, and I say, oh, I'm gutted. Or I come into the room, I say, Rita, oh, I've got butterflies in my tummy. These are all ways that your gut is speaking to you and telling you how you're feeling or what's going on in your environment, right? Now, if we just start with three ways that your gut um, conversates or, or talks to you. It's through the nervous innovation, and that's called the, uh, the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is found in the, in the brain. It's the 10th cranial nerve, and it basically innovates the, the entire digestive tract. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, it talks to you via immune function. Your immune system, and 70% of your immune system is found in your gut. So those immune complexes, those antigen-antibody complexes, so if you're having a, uh, let's call it a, an allergy response, okay, mm. that is your immune system in your gut telling your body what's going on. And last but not least, you've got the, the neurochemicals, and these neurochemicals tell you how you're feeling. Oh, I've got low serotonin today, so I'm a bit moody or I'm a bit depressed, okay? I've got low GABA, I'm, I'm very anxious. Those those chemicals are produced in the gut by the gut bacteria. So if your gut bacteria is not balanced, you, your emotional state is not going to be balanced. So these three ways that the gut talks to the brain are, are most important, and we'll talk about that, and you'll hopefully get a better picture of why the gut is so important. Now, it plays more than just a, a role in digestion. You know, we think, oh, my gut, my tummy, uh, I've just had a meal and I'm bloated or I'm flatulent. And you just think it's that's all that your gut is doing or it's all that your gut is involved in. But it's so much more. And we'll get into this, um, the mind-body connection and, and mm. what I like to call the emotional connection. And, and that's where the causative factor of disease comes in, right? Another very, very important um, aspect is trauma. I'm finding that trauma is playing a, a much bigger role these days for people to overcome their illnesses. Whether that trauma is, uh, I'm talking specifically about early early life traumas, whether it can be a, a birth trauma, it can be I was in a, a motor vehicle accident, it can be a you know a sexual abuse. All of these traumas actually change the way your your body or your gut microbiome functions the gut bacteria change according to the trauma. So let's say you are traumatized and now since that trauma, you are depressed. 
or you haven't got energy or you feel like um this is a physiological thing since that happened i, I just i'm constipated mm. okay now your body's basically going to stay in that state of shock until you say that's enough and you start changing it so you've actively got to try and change the gut flora to change the trauma response you know for so so often people would say you know, I've been depressed for 10 years or since my dog died, I've been sad. Or, and it just goes around and around the circle. And it's all got to do with the gut bacteria. Can I interject so, there with a question? For our listeners mm -hmm. who are hearing like this sort of connection for the first time, how does the gut bacteria understand about the stress like you were saying that your stress affects the gut bacteria how does the how does the bacteria know that like how does it know to be affected by your stress So my question was, is how, when you were talking about that our stress affects our microbiome and it changes the microbiome, how does it do that? How does it know that you are so stressed that it actually starts to change itself? Okay. So let's take an example. Remember I said to you there's three ways that the gut talks to the body. Mm. And it can be any one of these three ways. Let's use a few examples. So we said the first one was through the autonomic nervous system, and that's the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is uh, principally the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. Okay. Yes. Oh, I'm just going to rest. I'm going to have a meal, and I'm going to just sit back and relax. That relaxing time is when the body goes into a healing state. All right. Now, if you're stressed all the time, you are in a sympathetic state. No time for rest, no time for healing, no time for recuperation. And what are we finding in today's modern world? It's go, 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 push, 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 the instant gratification. Mm. So we are skewered in our body's ability to regenerate. Okay? Right. So I, I like to use the example of a motor vehicle. I've got such a reliable car, and uh, it just goes, just keeps going. But it keeps going because I, I take it in for service every 10,000 kilometers. All right. So now, are we doing the same with our, with our body? No. We just go, go, go. We're in sympathetic state all the time. We're eating poorly, right? And our, our vehicle breaks down on the side of the road. Or in what we're talking about now is emotionally, we're not coping with the stress. And if you want to look at it physiologically speaking, what happens is when you are in the sympathetic state, your body, to help you cope, releases the stress hormone cortisol, which raises the inflammation, which stimulates cytokines uh, interleukin-6, which affects the uh, neurochemicals and the uh, apophyseal um, pituitary adrenal axis. So your hormones are affected. And you have this: the, the emotions via the neurochemicals are not precipitated as they should be. So I say to you, Rita, come on, you should be so excited today. We're going to watch your children do this or, you know, it's your anniversary or something like that. And you're like, oh, not interested. There's a disconnect there due to the, the microbiome in the gut. Can you see? 
So that's how it works from a physiological perspective. So now you say to me, I know, but I, I really want to be there for my children or my husband in the anniversary or whatever it is. I just don't feel like doing it. So that's where we go into that, that trauma state where the, the gut bacteria are just, they're the wrong gut bacteria. They're not producing enough whatever the neurochemical is. Okay. So we need to improve that gut bacteria. And it's also you've got to nurture that gut bacteria. If the gut microbiome is not correct, if it's too acidic, if there's too many pesticides, if you are using foods that trigger uh, immune responses, that's all going to affect this microbiome. Yeah, that's so let's see how that works. And maybe I can run you through, uh, let's talk specifically what leaky gut is. That's what this talk is about. And then we'll get more into this emotional mind-body connection. I just want to bring up a, a little picture here that will make it very simple to understand. Tell me when you see it on your screen. Yes. Okay, you got it there. Right. Yeah, what a great so graphic. Let's have a look. Yes, good stuff. So basically what I want to tell you is if the problem is not in your body, then you're not being affected. Okay. So whatever the issue is, has to enter into your body. Like we said uh, with the leaky gut, the pathogen comes into the body. Where does it come into the body? In the gut. Now, for all intents and purposes, and this might be a bit technical, but from your mouth to your anus is not inside your body, right? There is a line around the gut, and when the substance or the pathogen or the um, food crosses that barrier, that's when it technically is inside your body, and that's when your immune system will react or respond to it. So this picture is a picture of the thin layer of cells that uh, form the, the membrane between uh, or in the lumen of your gut. Now, if you look on the left-hand side, the um, lighter pink, those cells are more uniform. They're very close together. You, three the, you see those three lines. Those are called um, uh, the, the, the gut barrier, and oh. um, they are held together. Now, in a leaky gut, those, like on the right-hand side, those are broken down. And you see those cells, there are spaces in between the cells. Yes. So in, in, in a well-functioning gut, if you've got pathogens coming through the gut and they want to come into the body, there is like a barrier there and they haven't got space to come in and they're forced to move down the line. If there is a food substance, let's say you've got weak digestion and you try to break protein down and you can't break it down into a smaller size, an amino acid, and the body says, I'm not letting you in, and it goes down. And the body keeps its integrity. That cell, that cellular membrane is not porous and it says what it's going to allow into the body and what it's not going to allow into the body, right? Right. And it does that because those tight junctions are keeping the cells together. It's like a barrier, right? Now, when you get leaky gut, you can see on the right-hand side that barrier is broken and the pathogen, whether it be a candida, whether it be a bacterium, whether it be a, a food particle, is able to come through that barrier of cells. Then it comes into the interstitial fluid and into the blood where we find the immune system. 
Okay. Mm. Now I use the analogy of an alarm system with beams. Now, if an intruder comes to an area that it's not supposed to be in, that beam is broken and the siren goes off. It's very similar in your body. When those um, pathogens come through that uh, porous membrane, like on the right-hand side, that leaky gut, it yeah. gets into the bloodstream and it stimulates an immune response and you get inflammation. That is like the intruder crossing the beam and the siren going off. So that inflammation is the body's way of responding to the intruder, right? Mm. And that's where you get the stimulation and that's where you get the, the problem of the leaky gut. Right. Where it would affect your neurochemicals, where uh, it would affect or kill off your um, gut bacteria. I can I can now just stop that there. Are we back? We're back. So, so that is your leaky gut, and we want to keep the the membrane as non permeable or selectively permeable. When I want something to come in, it allows it in. So if I need the nutrition, if I need the vitamins, um, it, if I need the amino acids, it allows it in. But if there's going to be something that is going to cause uh, a problem, an inflammation, such as a pesticide, a, uh, a food that we are not, um, or a food that causes a food intolerance, okay, a food mm. that we're allergic to, says no we're not going to take that in all right typical thing is uh you know gluten and dairy when it crosses that barrier it sets off the immune response that's why we will get diarrhea that's why we'll get a sore tummy that's why and here it goes you know often you see these children oh such sweet children etc cetera, etc cetera. then they go to a party and they're like monsters after that <laughs> shouting crying hitting right What's happened? It's changed the gut microbiome. You get less uh, neurochemicals going through to the brain, and they start acting emotionally unstable. This is the mechanism. Can it so happen that work, fast? Can it happen that fast? Or has there been a can progression? Has there been a progression of um, ruining that? Like you had on the left hand side, you had those really tight junctions. And then on the leaky gut side, they were quite separated, like there was big gaps there. So has yeah. that been happening? That's obviously been happening for a while. So then their reaction is instant or or if the young child doesn't have leaky gut yet, but, but the reaction can be that fast from the food or the chemical or the food colouring. Can it happen that okay. fast? So if they don't have leaky gut, they're not going to have that problem. So here I am, I don't have an allergy to dairy and I drink some dairy and I carry on and I get the benefit from the dairy, okay? Mm. Somebody who's got a leaky gut there, they drink the dairy. Remember I said, you get that immune response, you get the inflammation happening. Oh, they get the sore tummy, um, okay? It's, it happens like that if you've got the leaky gut. Right, yeah. So like we said, people who have had more trauma, people who have not been able to, maybe they poorly, um, they haven't got enough nutrition in their body. They got a poor diet. Yes. They are exposed to pesticides, herbicides, things like this. They are going to have a tendency to have more of a leaky gut. The leaky gut can even come from your parents, a, a genetic um, weakness that you have. There's many factors and you, you're finding vaccinations. It's another trigger. 
these, these triggers all the time. So when we talk about this trigger, it can be a trigger from trauma. It can be a trigger from, like we said, a vaccination. It doesn't just happen, all right? Your body's got to break down from that normal tight junction and that well-formed um, layer of cells that are protecting the gut. And the, the pathogen or whatever the, the trigger is has to come in and stimulate that immune system. That's when you get the problems. That's really so, interesting. That's really interesting also because leaky gut is on the rise. You know, it's just going up every year compared to years ago. Like our parents, our grandparents, they didn't really know what leaky gut was and they didn't seem to have the same experiences. They, they all seem to be able to eat anything. And now you just have a plethora of young kids and that are just sensitive and have allergies to everything. So, so knowing that, that's really interesting about the genetic connection, like the inherited connection to it. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Because I don't think many people talk about that. Certainly, I don't think in modern medicine they talk about, you know, so much that genetic connection, like as in leaky gut. They talk about it maybe in cancer, but not something for leaky gut. And some of the listeners who have leaky gut, I don't think they would be thinking, oh, I've inherited leaky gut, but I didn't know that my parents or grandparents may have had it. So can you speak a little bit about that genetic yeah. connection or that inherited connection? Right. So it has to be, or most of the time, should I say, it has to be triggered. So you have a child and, oh, they tell you you've got a, a healthy baby boy and you do great. And then you take that baby boy and you... Um, nurture it in ways. So you don't give it food that is inflammatory. You make sure that the child gets sufficient sleep. You protect it from traumas. You So basically what I'm telling you is that you are boosting that um, diversity of gut bacteria. Mm. All right. So it's getting the right nutrition. It's getting the right neurochemicals. It's responding appropriately. Uh, it's well-balanced. It's not getting anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. Then you take the child and you vaccinate the child. Some uh, invasive action that stimulates the inflammation. If that child has got a weakness there because, let's say, the parent uh, has got a problem, that child maybe has weak adrenals or certain nutritional deficiencies, it can trigger them. Or like we, we spoke about the childhood trauma, your child is so healthy, and then it goes through some type of trauma. Then the gut microbiome is changed, and then they start developing the problem. So often you you, you have the children, they're growing up fine. You know, recently, the amount of vaccinations that have been going around, that is a huge trigger. And, you know, the parents don't normally see it, and then, oh, the teacher comes back and says, no, we think your child's got ADHD. And the parents think, oh, it's only now that the child is developing the ADHD. No, it's only triggered now, but there were those weaknesses before. Or you say, um, no, my digestion's fine. I know my mother or my father's got irritable bowel. Well, those tendencies are lurking in the background for you. There needs to be a trigger. And then you go through a period where you're working extra hard or extra late or you're not uh, giving your body the appropriate nutrition or rest and the same thing can happen to you exactly like I showed you on that diagram, how you go from a, a strong, healthy gut microbiome to the, the bacteria 
what they call dysbiosis. Another good way to explain it is, Rita, if we just look at our population, we say, listen, for every thousand people, I think we need uh, 20 law enforcement officers to keep everybody in line. Now, those, why only 20? Because there's not tons of um, people who are going to be thieves and robbers and, and, and causing mayhem. Okay, It's just a few in that thousand. So it's exactly the same in your gut. There's just a few, maybe harmful bacteria that are around that need to be kept in check. And if they are kept in check, the system works really well. Okay. Yes. But when you start to have a, what they call the dysbiosis, when there's more harmful bacteria than good bacteria, you're not able to produce neurochemicals. Your immune system is not able to stay strong. And then everything starts falling apart. The leaky gut starts to manifest. Right? Mm -hmm. And then if we take it one step further, the emotional changes happen because of the dysbiosis. Yes. And now I'm depressed or now I'm anxious. And well, traditional medicine is just going to give you an antidepressant. Or, But when we look at it from a complementary perspective, we actually really go in there and we're having a look. We said that um, mind-body connection. All right. Oh, the causation. Ever since my dog died, I've been depressed, okay? It changed your gut microbiome. So now we can use homeopathic remedies, looking at the causation, the causation of grief. You might use certain potencies of the remedy Ignatia or Natmer to help the body to release the grief. Mm. Once that trigger, once that grief is released, and it, it happens so frequently, um, the person will come in with that problem and you prescribe appropriate remedy and two to three months later they come back where before they were so grieved and you ask them about no actually i'm dealing with that quite nicely thank you and if you would take a a swab of the the gut microbiome you would see that would have changed and, and how it changes is because it's upregulated the serotonin or, or whatever the appropriate neurochemical is yes and this can go right back to what you might want to call serious um, emotional problems. It might take some time as the body has to recalibrate so many different things, okay, because things were broken and it's got to rebuild. So I call it, I talk about the resources, right? If you've been working really hard for several years and you are exhausted, you know, tomorrow, one day of rest is not going to, it's not going to cause you to be right back at the top of your game. Yes. You're going to have to boost your body's resources, the nutrition, the, the sleep, the rebalancing of that nervous system. And um, that's what you do. And I may be I'm simplifying it uh, too much, but it is a process. Remember, if you're a workaholic, and so many people are, and I say to you, Rita, just you know, relax a bit. You, It takes time to slow that motor down and, okay, it's fine for me to relax because you had fears, because you had worries, because you just thought you had to do, 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 do. So you're changing your gut microbiome by doing that. And that's why we say, who, who's um, who's directing the show? Is it your gut or is it your brain? I always think it's the gut. <laughs> but yeah. that's something, that was going to be one of my questions there, Dr. DePontes, is... So many people have depression, like you said before, circling back to when you said, oh, people feel depressed and they go to the doctor and you get antidepressants. 
And a lot of people will go, oh, I don't feel that great, so I'm going to go do talk therapy. I want to go do therapy. But they're not connecting that. The therapy is the second stage. Like you're most probably having that, like you're saying, because of the gut bacteria. So you do another, do you think that maybe sometimes when people are in talk therapy for years and they're not advancing and they're not going very far and they keep relapsing, that maybe they're if, because they're not being taught that the foundation isn't being corrected, like what you're saying, that the gut bacteria is talking, is telling their brain, or you have an addiction to carbohydrates, maybe because the gut bacteria is saying, feed me the bad bacteria is saying feed me and you're trying yeah. to go oh no i don't yeah. want carbs but it's going no feed me i want that is that yeah. how it, can you speak a little bit to about that like a lot of people i think or our listeners might start at the end instead of yeah. where you should be starting at the foundation okay so let, let's look at it um mm. what, what you're saying is you, you're wanting to just take the talk therapy, all right? That's good. You know, I'm so frustrated today, Rita, and I, and I talk to you about it and, and I feel better. It's a it's a transient thing. I feel better and in a week's time, I'm all frustrated again. Okay, I've let off a bit of pressure. I haven't changed the root issue, okay? Yes. By using the homeopathic remedy, by ensuring that your gut is um, maybe less leaky, Taking the causative factors, we spoke about diet, we spoke about foods that cause that inflammation, right? By starting to change that, you allow the body to build up its reserves and build up that uh, that layer of cells to be selectively permeable. What am I going to let in? No, no, here's a bacteria coming by. You just stay outside there, buddy. Okay. There's a piece of um, protein coming by. Oh, it's too big. No, I need amino acids like that. Okay. Well, there's candida coming by. No, we don't want candida. And it passes by. It doesn't come in and it doesn't affect your immune system. Yes. You're able to go on. It doesn't affect your emotions. But now, remember what we said. We said, if you've had that trauma, so we were talking about depression, mm. your gut microbiome is in that traumatic state. It's got uh, deficient gut bacteria. They call it a, a reduced diversity. There's, mm. When we talk about good back, back, sorry, when we talk about good bug bacteria in the gut we're talking about that bacteria is producing some type of um substance whether it be a b vitamin mm. um, whether it be a um, short chain fatty acid that our body's able to use then it's a beneficial bacteria so we need more of those so very important to get that so now you say well i'm just going to take probiotics that's good Take probiotics, you must take the right probiotics. You want to take the probiotics that are going to stimulate and then we can go dot, 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 whatever your problem is. Yes. You need the, the the gut bacteria that is going to stimulate, like I said, the short-chain fatty acid. Or maybe you're needing uh, a gut bacteria that is going to be the policeman for a harmful bacteria. So you get uh, certain combinations of gut bacteria that work really well together. And that is determined a lot by your diet. Right. Okay. Because the diet feeds the gut bacteria. What would so you the right diet? What would you is there a couple of things that you could possibly recommend for our listeners? So what is kind of like the right thing to eat for our 
gut bacteria, especially if we have dysbiosis, what can we eat to start helping out change yeah. that? I can give you general pointers because you know your gut bacteria might be different to somebody, somebody else's, else's gut bacteria. Mm. You've got different condition. Yes. But uh, a really good general one would be what we call a spore biotic. It's a it's a tough uh, combo of of gut bacteria. It's not easily um, killed off, and it's very good if you've got dysbiosis. Okay, mm. so dysbiosis is different to not having enough gut bacteria. Dysbiosis is having harmful bacteria in your gut. So when does that happen? Listen, uh, I've got this infection and you go to the doctor and he says, yes, just take this antibiotic. Well, it works wonderfully well. Uh, I'm feeling so much better. But now it's destroyed your gut microbiome. Yeah. You don't have any good bacteria left and you don't have any bad bacteria left. So you've got to build up your gut microbiome. This is when the spore biotic is really good for that okay if you want to look at certain um specific and again depending what your problem is is it leaky gut is it an adhd there's different gut bacteria that you're going to use okay actually um and there's certain gut bacteria you mustn't use if you've got adhd because it uh imbalances the dopamine uh, responses so it's quite quite specific in homeopathy we talk about uh the bile nosodes okay they work wonderfully well and they can be prescribed on emotional changes. They can be prescribed on uh, physiological changes. Oh, I've got an abscess. I've got congestion. My nose is running. Um, I'm depressed. Uh, gut bacteria in the form of a, a bowel nosode. They're cheap. They're very effective. And they right get down to the chronic disease process. So you might be on that for a month or two. And you will start to see if you, you can, you know, turn and look back to where I was three months ago to now, I'm not words, but I'm so much better. Your body and the reserves are being built up. You are not reacting to, you know, the situation and getting anxious every time you have to drive now. Yeah. It builds up and it builds up. And so I look at these causative factors and I've got, so if you ask me, well, how effective is natural therapeutics at healing uh, the leaky gut? I say it's absolutely brilliant if you do it right. And what I mean by that is I class the causative factors into what I'd say regular causative factors or causative factors that even the lay person could kind of get their, uh, their mind around. So if I say to you, listen, you're eating a lot of sugar or you're eating that gluten and the dairy that's causing all the inflammation, we need to change that. The, the lay person would say, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I could do that, right? Or I'd say to you, you, you've got um, environmental toxicities. You've got pesticides in your body that's, uh, that is affecting your gut microbiome. Yes, I can understand that. So we need to look at that, okay? Mm. But now when I say to you, you know, you're, you, you're suffering with depression or you're suffering with anxiety uh, because of that and that and that that happened, you know, I'm trying to bring in the mind-body connection. That's where people start to go a bit hazy with it. All right. Yes, and I find it takes you know from one to three months dealing with patients, educating them, showing them how it happens, and maybe I can just give you a quick little example. Please. I think last week I had an acute uh, acute patient, and her problem was that she had a, a UTI and she had low back pain. So it was a quick consultation. We gave her something for that, and two three days later she gives me feedback. She says. 
with the back pain is much relieved. That's great, but I've still got the UTI. I've still got this burning and this bearing down. So I smiled the rat. I said, mm, no, no, let's get back together. Something else is going on. So this is where I'm going into the mind-body connection, right? But those initial remedies opened her up. She was feeling better. Maybe you want to say because of that, she was more prone to say, yes, okay, I'll look at it more. Or, I mean, a lot of what people do is, especially with UTIs, is, listen, I've had this for too long. I'm just going to go and get an antibiotic. But she didn't do that. So we start talking and I start asking her pointed questions. So why are you – she actually brought it up. She said, you know, this and this and this is happening and I've got this burning, you know, and I, I've just – I'm so down and dejected. I just – I've been working on my health for such a long time and I'm just struggling with my digestion. So I said to her, so why are you struggling to digest life? She took a few moments. She was thinking, and then it just like all came out. And she was telling me this happened and that happened. And uh, she was really angry and stuff that happened with her daughter. I said, wonderful. You need to take the remedy Staphysagria. Now, Staphysagria is a homeopathic remedy that is used specifically where you've had suppressed angers and humiliations. It's working on the emotional side of things. And you, the effect then gets downloaded almost into the physiology. It was maybe a day. There was no more burning. There was no more bearing down. She was feeling more positive, more upbeat. Now, for someone that's not familiar with this, they're like, no, come on, it couldn't have worked like that. Because mm. they're not familiar. They're not used to working with this mind-body uh, connection. And the more... You interact with your patients like that. I've, I've got one that I uh, think of very uh, fondly. Before, when we start with a consultation, so she'll say, listen, this is my problem. And then she goes into diagnosing herself. Mm, I think emotionally, this is what I've been feeling, and that's what I've been feeling. And that's why I've got the, um, the symptoms. So, you know, if they've got an inclination to, to feel comfortable with it, they actually... And your body is able to tell you what is wrong. Just like the, the, the lady with the UTI, she said, I'm betting to digest things. Okay, my digestion is shocking. Your body is a total reflection of what's going on in your life. So when you get your illness, you can't outsource it and say, oh, you know, poor me. What has happened with your situation? Um, and that's what determines, is your body doing well? Why have you got this sickness? Okay, your, your body's life force. In homeopathy, we talk about the vital force. Is there to protect you. Is there to keep you at optimum. Is there to give you energy. Okay, and, and it regulates everything. If you've shut your body's vital force down because of that trauma, okay, because you're stubborn, okay, because your nutrition is poor, whatever the reasons are, okay, we can only work with what it's got because you've had all those vaccinations, right? Because you don't sleep. Because you drink coffee, whatever the trigger is, you've got to start changing that. Now, lots of people don't aren't interested in that. They will stay with their illness, or maybe they'll say, "Listen, I just need to take uh, that conventional medicine, that suppressive medication, just to get through the day." I've got a terrible headache today, uh, Rita. I just need to take that headache pill. From tomorrow, I'll start to look and see, or take it easier, or whatever. Those are all. That's fine. You need to do what you need to do to get to the next step. They're and the more you become though. conscious, say again? They're quick fixes. People want to quick they, They're quick fix. fixes. You know, 
let me say maybe 10, 15 years ago, I was very black and white. Listen, it's the natural root or nothing. But you know, the, the more I go through it, I realize sometimes you need those quick fixes or you need that little bit of help. Or, you know, let's say you just had a, a dental surgery or something. That pain is going to kill me. It's going to drive me crazy. Listen, I need to take that analgesic. All right. So it's, it's a balance. Um, support your body as much as you can and be in tune with your body as much as you can. And remember that gut is talking to you. You've got, you've got to know what it's saying. And if you can know what it's saying, you can give it what it needs and you can, you can get your health to go from zero to hero in a very short period of time. Will there be, uh, times of, um, difficulty or were you struggling? Absolutely. But from that, you learn and you're able to overcome these things, you know. So that's really not a problem. People today, I think, often they just expect it because they've been brought up in, hmm, there's that problem, I'll just take this tablet, I'll just take this tablet. They don't go inside, they don't see, oh, you know, actually it doesn't work if I don't get my eight hours sleep. Mm. I'm just going to go and take an energy drink or something like that. Exactly. That's just sucking your... um, your resources dry, so, so there, there is a balance, you know. I'm I'm Superman, but I'm Superman because I look after my body. Or do, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I haven't got to. Yeah. I, I think you know one of the things about leaky gut, which I find with some of the people that I know as well, is unless that unless you're running to the toilet after you eat or you know you eat something and all of a sudden you get cramps and they associate leaky gut with bloating and uh, diarrhea and all of that sort of thing and if you don't have that then they're not attributing i feel maybe like from what you've been saying that their arthritis is connected to leaky gut because what I'm hearing from you, if we circle back to your graphic, you know, those junctions that were open allowing, you know, the proteins and everything to go into the blood, well, like you said, was yes. inflammatory just because they don't have the classic leaky gut symptoms. Well, then they're not attributing their other, maybe chronic, like you said, you deal with a lot of chronic illnesses. They're not attributing, the they're not seeing the connection and so they're not changing yes. anything they're not changing what they're eating drinking or doing do you see that a lot in your do you see that kind of that people don't make that connection when you're yes. dealing with your clients or if you say to them and, you actually have leaky gut yes I well i use a lot of explanation and education no. i said yeah. to you rita you've got that pain in your joints well just take this tablet how am I helping you besides immediately, okay, I'm going to get relief with a, with a tablet. Then, you know that story about um, give a, a man a fish and he eats for a day, teach him how to fish and he, he's fine for the rest of his life. Yes. So yes. try to do that. Explain to them, listen, you've got the joint pains because of this leaky gut stimulating the inflammatory reaction and you have the pain in that joint there. Okay. Oh, okay. So I shouldn't eat nightshades and I shouldn't eat that no that, that's causing a immune response and, and you're allergic to that oh okay I don't really believe him but I'll try it out and for a week they don't eat that food and, and their joint pain goes away mm. then they struggle with well I'm so used to eating that food it's difficult to stop but 
and maybe it has to go once or twice backwards and forwards with them getting the pain. Um, and then they're like, okay, I will put a bit more time and effort and I won't eat that food. And then the pain is gone. Mm. In reality, you try and get them to change it and you might give them some type of support, whether it be some the amino acid L-glutamine to help with the, the leaky gut and rebuilding those cells, or you want to increase the stomach acid to be able to break down the protein into amino acids so that it doesn't cause the inflammatory response. Um, so you continue supporting them with whatever the, you know, I'll call it the medicine or the remedy or, or the, the change is. So we talk about lifestyle factors. Yes. When we're talking about how effective is natural treatment, I say it's pretty average unless you can get the patient to start to change their lifestyle factors. Okay. Yes. So you get the patient, patient number one, and they say, doctor, tell me what I must do. I want to get rid of this leaky gut or this arthritis or whatever it is. You say to them, take A, B, C medications. Yes, I'll do it. They come back in three months. Yeah, they're a little bit better, but they're still struggling. Then you do a bit more uh, in-depth questioning. Oh, no, no, I I work 20 hours a day. I don't sleep much. And, uh, you know, well, where are they going to be getting their, their regeneration from? Do you see? You yeah, have to absolutely. have a balance with Okay, you have to go back into the parasympathetic state, the rest and digest state. And this is where a lot of autoimmune diseases come from because people burn the candle at both ends and they just expect their body has to comply. Especially when you look at the, the youngsters today. Well, you know, when, you, when you're young, when you're 21, you're bulletproof. You, know, you, you often hear people saying, well, I could party it up and the next day I'd go to college or anything. Now, as they get older, they can't do that. But they still try to do that. The body is taking a bit of strain. The body is aging. Um, now you've got to start looking after your health. That, that's a typical thing that happens. Um, so you've got to get them involved in the healing. It's not a, something that you can outsource. This is your body here. okay? And your body is a, a full complement of everything that you are, from your emotions, your feelings, your physiological, your fitness, your, your um, desire, your food desires. It all plays a part. Yes. I, I guess that's why also that the modern medicine says that leaky gut and irritable bowel aren't curable. They say it's incurable. You just have to, you know, if they identify that you don't eat a particular food, but on they might say, well, your bowel, on, you know, on the, all the tests looks normal. We can't see anything. Yes. Because they're not making, they don't make that connection like you're making between your lifestyle, your stress, your emotions, and that incredible effect it has on the microbiome and then leaky gut. I've actually spoken to some uh, professionals who actually don't believe in leaky gut. They say that's not true. Yeah, that's correct. You know, uh, in the functional medicine space, there's tons of research. They talk yeah, about right. the zonulin protein that, that keeps those tight junctions together. Um, they talk about the lipopolysaccharides, which are the, the endotoxins released from these harmful bacteria that um, break up the, um, the cells to form the leaky gut. The research is there. But if you look at it, the, the motive and objective of conventional medicine is to prescribe those antibiotics or whatever medications. It's, it's not to heal, it's to manage the problem. So that actually makes it worse. 
Yes. So it's a catch-22, isn't it? They give yeah. you the antibiotics, which make you feel better in the short term, I guess. But what you're saying is that then it destroys your microbiome and we're back to square one. So I'm in the business of helping you to cure. Mm. Now you, you must understand what is the, the, the difference and maybe people just take it and think, well, I'm going to the doctor and obviously he's wanting to cure me. They don't have all the, the tools or the knowledge to cure you, but they can give you a relief. They can palliate your problem. Oh, I've got this terrible headache. Yes, take this um, ibuprofen or take the aspirin. Okay, I'm improved, but I'm not cured. When the stress comes back or when I eat that food, I'm going to get the headache again. We'll just take the, take the pull again. Mm. And some people are fine with it. That's what they used to. If you're not fine with it, what do you do? You go searching. There must be another way. I can't spend so much money on headache pills every day or whatever the reasoning is to get better. That's what I'm hoping from this. Yeah. You have a divine right to health. Do you have to work at it? Absolutely. But it's there. Just go and get it. That's right. So, Dr. Tapontes, so your approach would be that someone will come to you with some form of condition, and today we're talking about irritable bowel, and you would prescribe the homeopathic remedy according to the person's emotion first is that right you would deal with their emotion first look, see what's happening there before the physicality you look to see where is the biggest trigger okay i might be eating gluten and i might have a, a gluten allergy so i'm eating bread and i'm getting the inflammation from there absolutely but what triggered this off remember we're talking about the childhood trauma way back 20 years ago xyz happened and my gut shut down or down-regulated and my gut microbiome is, is limited. So it's interpreting where is the person at. Mm. And then there are different layers of treatment. Sometimes you can prescribe, you know, you'd say to listen, stop eating your gluten. You can give them that amino acid, L-glutamine, to help to build those cells. But you, it's like a, a dripping tap. It's still dripping from the emotional trauma. Got to help them with that as well. But what, what if they're not ready to be helped with that right now? Okay. You do a lot of other things. And this is what I do, especially with my thyroid patients. I, I deal a lot with hypothyroidism and uh, autoimmune thyroiditis. You know, if we're just meeting for the first time and you're a patient and I start regurgitating all these hectic emotional things and traumas that you've gone through, you might be like, whoa, I don't know if I can deal with this right now. So you, you've got to understand your patient and maybe slowly lower them into the bath water, you know. Yeah. Might be too hot. Slowly lower them in. Let them get familiar. Let them start to trust you more. And you can start on what I call the regular causative factors. Always looking to find the causative factor or the major causative factor. And I find so often it is this mind-body connection. So using whatever the medication is and you know, I use homeopathy as, as a mainstay in my practice. You can find that emotional causation. You can totally wreck the disease process and get them back on the road to health. That's amazing. If if I can just say a quick uh, example for myself, I remember when I saw a homeopath, um, I had so many aches and pains, and 
I didn't realize that I also had a certain emotional trigger there that she worked out between a combination of kinesiology and homeopathy. We actually worked on the, like what you're saying, we worked on the emotion first. And I can tell you, I have done so much emotional work, personal development, personal growth for so many years, and I have never, ever had a clearing like that ever she worked out the emotion and then she prescribed the remedy associated with that emotion never had yes. it again never you like that. that and you say that to people and they go impossible that you can't yes. do it like that dr Depondes never have had it again it's no, that's great you know can I say this to you? So now I've been doing this for 27 years. The feeling of satisfaction or the thrill that I get when you have that reaction, okay? And listen, I've had that with so many patients, but every single time it happens, it's like, whoa, that is so amazing. Like, can it really be true? Um, it's it's like a miracle. Sometimes it is like a miracle. So many people think you know when you speak of oh you know they healed a bit like a miracle they go oh god you know no it's not you know the the big eye roll but seriously in another i could have gone somewhere else and i'd be dealing with that emotion for quite a while for it to go instantly like you know obviously it takes a little bit of time for you to come to your realization that you don't have it anymore Yes. But not a skerrick of it ever again. I find homeopathy to be incredibly powerful. That's amazing. I think the reason that people are like, no, get out of here, that can't be, is because we've been preconditioned by conventional medicine that miracles don't happen. That's not a, you know what I mean? It's just pure science. And, you know, with, with this mind-body connection, you can you can clarify through science how it happens. Yes. Okay. It's called psychoneuroimmunology. Now, the psyche affects the, the neuro, the nervous system, affecting the endocrine system, affecting the immune system. And what do we say? The gut is 70% of the immune system. So it's all connected. Yes, it is. But us, in our rational brains, hey, I want to know how that works. That seems too good to be true. Okay? And we have to know how it works before we're going to believe it. And then you get other people who are like, hey, man, you can say what you want, but I'm feeling different. I'm not getting those panic attacks, or I'm not feeling depressed anymore. And yes, it was just those little white pills, but I can't explain it to you, but I know I'm changed. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. DePonte, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show and to learn all about leaky gut from your perspective. And I urge anybody who's listening to please connect with Dr. DePonte's. All of his details are in the show notes. So if you're suffering with leaky gut or any other sort of autoimmune or chronic illness, to contact Dr. DePonte, he, he sees people from all around the world. He's here to help. Please do yourself a favor. Thank you, Dr. DePontes. Good stuff, Rita. We'll do it again sometime. We will. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. I would love to know what was the biggest insight or aha moment you got from this interview so you can now speak up 
take action and make informed decisions for your health. And if you like this episode, get instant access to your free ebook, Alternative Wisdom Taking Back Control of Your Health, at life-onus.com. <laughs>